Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to Review Without a Cause, the podcast where I review movies and or TV shows and I pretend to know what I'm saying and or doing. Welcome to my couch. I'm recording this. Guys, when I say my couch, I actually mean my couch. It's been purchased by my coin, my money, my... What else do people say? My cash, my neck, my, my crack. Um, Welcome. Um, if you didn't know this was this kind of podcast, um, I'm sorry for you. Today we're gonna review uh, we're gonna review Emma um with a little rap that I just improvised. So you're welcome. Um so I wanted to review this for so long. It's taken me so long to review this, and I'm sure it's gonna take me so long to upload it. Um because uh, I said it in the previous episode, okay, I'm not gonna dwell on it. I have a job. <laughs> dwell like it's a bad thing. I have a job. Um I have a beautiful job. It's great. Um, I get to talk to people, uh, <laughs> you know, which I love. Um, and I moved into a new apartment, which is great. Um, but we've been dealing with that kind of thing with the new uh, furniture. We have a bunch of stuff from the 60s or 70s. I have to kind of figure out um, how to not make it look like a really old person's house um, that has squatters and uh, ocupas in there. That's us, my boyfriend and me. Uh, but yeah, we have an, an apartment. It's great. It has two windows in the living room, guys. I mean, if this is not living in the lap of luxury, I don't know. And no, luxury is not a stripper. Um, maybe another day. Maybe that's another episode. Who knows? Um, I wanted to review Emma for a while. I knew that um, this version was coming because I follow Josh O'Connor, which is one of the cast people, casted people in this film. And I follow him on Instagram and I was really excited when he mentioned that he was going to be in it. Obviously, my imagination. I love Josh O'Connor. Um, you might know him from, am I saying his name wrong? Let me see. No, it's Josh O'Connor for sure. Sees. <laughs> for shoes. For shoes, it's him. I'm going through the list of the cast because I have to, you know, say everybody's name correctly. And I'm just tr- Connor. I was right. Damn. Right on your face. Uh, I really hope that my listeners are on my side in that respect. And I shouldn't have acted this way. But, you know, just bring a little spice to it. Um. So anyway, so that he was going to work in the M adaptation 2020. Of course, um, I know that Jane Austen is not everybody's cup of tea. <laughs> um, but... Funny enough, the episode that's most listened to on my podcast is Sanditon, um, which is, if you don't know, it's a novel that Jane Austen started but didn't finish because she passed away, sadly, Queen. Um, so they kind of went from the scratch that or the draft that she left and made a mini series. And I think there's going to be a new season coming up. I don't know. Uh, but I reviewed it and that episode kind of blew up. Everybody, so many people listened to it. Everybody listened to it. Um, many people listened to it, <clears throat> which is funny enough. Once again, more info about the podcast. Most of the listeners are male. I don't know. I mean, uh, you guys decide, I don't know. Um, most, yeah, most of the listeners are male. I don't know why I thought that more women would listen to me, but I guess that's the way things go. Um, maybe have a sexy, my sexy voice. That explains so much. Stop. Mm. I'm not going to give you what you guys want. I'm going to make you guys wait for it. That, um, this podcast is turning a little bit weird. Anyway, Emma, um, I don't know why we need another adaptation of Emma, but I mean, 
I was really excited because I love Jane Austen adaptations and I am quite young, maybe based on society standards. So I haven't seen many Jane adaptations coming out new lately. Um, the newest adaptation I can think of is uh, Silence. Um, it's I think I mean Little Woman and stuff, but that's not Jane Austen. That's not even British. Um, I can think of the Pride and Prejudice from two thousand and five. That's the last thing I can think of, and obviously Sandy Ten. But that's it. So I was really excited to be living as a young woman in a time where there's a new adaptation of Emma coming out, and I am gonna talk about it later. But um, some information about Emma basically it takes place in um the 1800s in England I'm gonna read the description on IMDb it says in 1800s England a well-meaning but selfish young woman meddles in the love lives of her friends now this description might be kind of similar or familiar to you because this is basically the movie Clueless now I'm not being I'm not being basic by saying, oh my God, this is basically Clueless. No, like the movie Clueless from the 90s, it was um, an icon back in the day. I don't know if you remember it with um, Alicia Silverstone and Josh, what's his name? <laughs> and Josh, what's his name? <clears throat> um, Josh, no, not Josh, Paul Rudd. He plays Josh. I have such a good memory. Um, so the movie Clueless came out in uh, 1995 and it's kind of like a, like like a new adaptation for that time of the novel Emma. So I'm going to read you the description of Clueless from 1995 on IMDb. A rich high school student tries to boost a new pupil's popularity but reckons without affairs of the heart getting in the way. Okay, it's not kind of, but you get it. This rich high school student kind of thing, trying to help other people, but it's she's actually very selfish. Same thing. They're both blonde they both have amazing uh wardrobes and they both are kind of like obnoxious obnoxious to the way well they don't really care about the way they behave towards certain people both of these i mean obviously in clueless is more exaggerated it's a rom-com classic classic rom-com best um movie of the decade no i don't know uh but in both of them it's really clear that class takes a big role. So I'm going to talk about it later, but um, basically it's really important that you keep in mind that Emma and Clueless, same story. So if you have seen Clueless, I'm not going to spoil anything to you. And, and Emma came out a while ago, dude. I mean, I already said Jane Austen. I think that I don't want to say anything, but like I said, it's 19, 18th century or 19th century England. So it was a while back. Don't complain to me about spoilers. But anyway, I won't spoil anything. I'll do the spoiler zone thing that I do. Because I like to sing the theme song. Um, why don't we go talk about the cast a little bit. So Emma Woodhouse is played by Anya Taylor-Joy. Now I had seen that name before. And I know that I know her from something. I saw her in... The, there was like a movie called The Witch. But it's called... It's written like Witch with two Vs instead of a W. For some reason. To, for it being edgy or something. And that's where I know her from. Because I saw some... I didn't watch it. You know me. If you have listened to my Halloween episode. You know that I don't like score, uh, score films. <laughs> scary films or horror films. So that's why... Um, I don't know. I haven't seen it. But I've seen GIFs on Tumblr. Because Tumblr is my source um, of information. <clears throat> She was in Piggy Blinders um, for a while, so that's kind of exciting. If you watch Piggy Blinders, I don't. <laughs> and that's it, and that's it. And she was also in Split and Glass, etc. So she's had a bit of a career. Uh, I'm happy 
how happy for her. I just, she has a very interesting face, but in my opinion, I don't want to say anything about poor Anya Taylor-Joy, but she can play in certain types of character. It's good that she, uh, so far she hasn't done it, but she has the the face of like a, a younger, spoiled person. She's gorgeous, obviously, but it's very well cast in my opinion. Then we have, um, obviously, Mr. Knightley. Mr. Knightley is the Darcy of this story. So, Mr. Knightley, Mr. Knightley, um, sorry, Mr. Knightley, it's basically the Darcy. He's the, I don't, I'm not quite sure. That was something that I'm very confused about and I don't really quite understand it, but I know that as far as I understand, they grew up together, Mr. Knightley and Emma Woodhouse grew up together. They're not really related, but it's kind of a very weird thing <laughs> going on in Clueless, for example. Um, there's the Paul Rudd and Alicia Silverstone, and they, so the mother and the father used to date. So they were kind of step siblings for a while, but then they broke up. I don't know what it's in the classical novel written by Jane Austen. I don't think that the, um, Mr. Woodhouse dated uh, Mrs. Knightley for a while. I don't think so. But I think they must, they are somehow related to marriage. Once again, I didn't. I don't know. I'm not an expert. That's why I have this intro, intro at the beginning of the podcast because I pretend to know what I'm saying and we're doing. Anyway, we continue. Mr. Woodhouse uh, is played by Bill Nye or whatever you pronounce his name. I love him. He plays, I mean, if you don't know who Bill Nighy or Nighy or Nighy, <laughs> I don't think it's Nighy. Um, then uh, you haven't seen any British films because he's in Love Actually playing Billy Mac, obviously iconic. He's in Pirates of the Caribbean playing Davy Jones. He's in uh, About Time. He plays the dad. Um, you know who I mean. Like, you know who I mean. Then we have um, Rupert Graves who is... Uh, getting his way into the British big credit somehow. I mean, he's gorgeous. He's the, what's his name on Sherlock? He plays Lestrade. Thank you so much, IMDb. He's the Inspector Lestrade in Sherlock. That's where I got to know him. But then he's done, he plays the role of Alex Scudder in Maurice, the LGBTQ plus movie of 1987. Um, then he, apparently he's in V for, for Vendetta. I didn't know that. Room with a View, where he plays uh, the brother of Elena Bonham Carter. So he's been a while around. I just, I don't know. I somehow don't get to see him as much as, I don't know, Hugh Grant or Bill Nighy. I am, but he's doing very well for himself. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's doing a good job. I love him. Um, and then the casting that made my fucking day. I wasn't expecting it, and it happened. Miranda Hart plays Miss Bates. Listen to me. Miranda Hart is in my heart. No, that wasn't a pun. Miranda Hart, you know where she is. Um, I love her so much. If you haven't seen the show Miranda, I think it was from the BBC, the production. But I think she wrote it and she might have directed it as well. It's a show, which obviously it's a show, where she plays herself. I mean, obviously not 100% herself, but... Uh, it's a BBC production. It was a show that ran from 2009 to 2020. So apparently it's still going. No, 2015. I'm sorry. 2015. Um, and it was it was great. And it's so great to see um, like a comedy, a sitcom basically, 
um, where the woman looks normal. <laughs> And she doesn't have like a thousand million outfits and like friends, you know, you know, Rachel, you know, Monica, you know how they look like Miranda Hart. If you don't know who she is, she's a gorgeous woman, um, but she's taller than most women. She's bigger than most women. And she farts when she gets nervous. And once she starts singing a song, she cannot stop singing it. Like we can all relate. She also played um, Chummy Noakes in Call the Midwife. So if you have seen Call the Midwife and you were like, oh, my God, where do I know her from? That's where you know her from. Also, she was the best friend of um, Melissa McCarthy in the movie Spy. That funny best friend. I don't know. I just think she's so charming and she has a way of acting. So if you know me, not Miranda Hart, you know how she acts. Um, but in this movie, she does such a fucking good job. We've been sleeping on Miranda. Listen to me. We've been sleeping on her. We were asleep and Miranda was like, hey, can I? I can act. I'm not just funny. And we're all like, fuck you. We're going back to sleep. Um, but in this movie, she shines and I cried. I, we're going to talk about it later, but Jesus Christ, she's so great. Miss Bates is one of those characters that I, yeah, I always felt sad for because you're meant to. Um, but in this, maybe it's because, you know, I don't know, moment in my life, we're all having a tough time as fuck being locked inside the house and we all feel a bit Miss Bates, you know what I mean? When you feel Miss Bates... <laughs> Um, so maybe that's why, I don't know, but I just, she did a fucking good job. Next up, my, my favorite, you know, that TikTok where they got, the, the voice is like, I'm talking to my favorite, go away. I'm talking to my favorite. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Josh O'Connor. He plays Mr. Elton. I mean, I guess the role that I saw him in wasn't Mr. Elton, but he does obviously a good job because he's Josh fucking, oh, fucking O'Connor. Um, Mr. Elton, I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but he's he's there. Um, but most importantly, Joshua Connor, uh, you might know him because he played Prince Charles in The Crown. Well, he's still playing it. Um, he is the protagonist of God's Own Country, which also is a LGBTQ plus movie you might want to look at. Um, apparently, he was in Cinderella, playing a ballroom palace guard. Good for him. That was the beginning of it. He's great. Um, he was in the Darrells. I don't know if you know that show ran between 2016 and 2019. It was based on the books, My Family and Other Kind of Animals or something. When I was little, I used to read that book. I had that book. Um, and they made a TV adaptation and he played the older brother, uh, Lawrence Darrell. So it was fun. It's just fun. Um, and he's great on Instagram. He's very politically active. I know that's not something to put in your resume. He was also in Peaky Blinders. Look at that. You know, great for him. Um, he's amazing and he's rising up. That's one of the rising stars of this. I mentioned, I'm gonna mention it later, I think. Well, I might mention it now, but there's a bunch of good actors in this. Um, so many rising stars. I can this the the cast is always is always something interesting to choose in a Jane Austen movie because if you go, I mean, the other Emma adaptation I know, it's the Emma from 1992, I think. Um, and in that one, it's with Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I know. You didn't know that she did it, but she did. Is it 1997? 1992. Wait. Anyway, the 90s, early 90s. And there was Gwyneth Paltrow, and there was a bunch of other people. Um, and she was a very, I think she was known back in the day. I mean, more known than, obviously, um, Anya Taylor-Joy. And I think it's a really 
really brave choice for the director Autumn the Wild, which I mean, best name ever, um, to choose such young, not really, to be honest, um, classical looking characters for the movie. Because um, I didn't talk about him. I just mentioned Mr. Knightley. But Mr. Knightley, I'm the worst podcast host. Mr. Knightley is played by Johnny Flynn. Listen to me. So I was in London. I studied. I know. I'm sure you guys know. Um, If you don't know, now you know, Mr. President. He's South African. Oh, he was born in South Africa. Doesn't mean he's an English poet. I'm learning as much as you are right now. Um, So my friends used to watch this Netflix show, Lovesick. Um, and it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's good. I don't know. Um, but I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to watch it. I don't care for it. It's just British people having pups. And I live that in real life. I didn't have to watch a TV show for that. Um, good times. Um, and then and they were like, oh, my God. Well, let's go to the theater. He's playing in a show with Kit Harrington the one who plays Jon Snow on uh, Game of Thrones. They played, I don't even remember the name of the um, of the play we went to see, but they were both on stage, whatever. And Johnny Flynn did a fucking amazing job. Um, I don't know him at all. I've only seen him in a play. This is really funny because when do you, when have you ever guys met an actor first that you saw in a theater play and then on a movie? That is so bizarre, but that's what happened with me. Um, so I know Johnny Flynn because I saw him real life nice guy um and now i saw him on emma and he shines when you see a picture of him he's not like i said and like autumn the wild of the wild um chose they don't look like conventionally cinema cinematic good look good looking I mean, they're all good looking. I don't know how to explain it they all have their own thing so they wouldn't be a model in they would be a model in Prada in the last season, but they wouldn't. How am I helping my male listeners right now? Well, they might. Um, they're more of a Prada model in the last season than a Celine model. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Um, there's very something peculiar about every one of them. Um, and this guy is just so so talented. So he's also going up. He's going up. Him and Josh O'Connor and... Um, the protagonist, Anya Taylor-Joy, they're all going up and uh, we're staying here like mortals. So um, this was a long intro. And and also, I have one more person to mention, Amber Anderson. Um, oh, there's another person as well. I'm sorry. Um, Amber Anderson, I know because she plays Jane Fairfax, by the way. That's a role that many people get, but, you know, sometimes gets overlooked. I know that when I was little and I used to watch um, Emma... I just I overlooked it completely. I didn't I didn't understand what was happening. Uh, but she is first of all she's gorgeous, but she's kind of like more typically, but like deeper. She looks kind of like French. She kind of looks like um what's that French actress that's married to the other French actor? You guys are gonna kill me. Um, she she won an Oscar as Edith Piaf. Um, wait a minute, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now as I speak, uh, Marion Cotillard. She kind of looks like Marion Cotillard, but like, not. <laughs> um, and she's in this and she's gorgeous. And I know her because um, uh, Alexa Chang, who is um, one of my idols and I love her so much to death. Um, 
we're sisters. Um, <laughs> she has a YouTube channel. Well, she has a um, clothing brand, and she did a video with her when they went to bed because she had like a new pajama collection. Doesn't matter. Once again, not helping my male listeners, but they. Um, I got to know her, and I saw her bedroom, and she was so nice and so calm, and so you know. So I love her. I really like Amber Anderson. I think she's also going up, 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 up and away. Um, then we have the last person I'm gonna mention because. Oh no. Oh well. Mm, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I was just I'm so overwhelmed by how many people are in this for in Jane Austen adaptations. Um we have Callum Turner. Callum Turner has been trying to make it and I think he's been doing a good job since I don't know. Um I know he was so Callum Turner plays the guy um what's his name? Frank Churchill. Um, he's a good actor. I have seen him in War and Peace and the adaptation of 2016. Um, I know, let me see if I'm checking because I don't know if I saw him in that thing or I made it up. No, that's another actor. So I confuse him with another British actor all the time. I'm really sorry for anybody. But he was also in Victor Frankenstein playing Alistair and Assassin's Creed. Uh, okay, I see something you might be, um, you might know him from. He played the brother of Newt Scamander in um, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. So he was the brother. That's where I know him from as well. That's, there you go. There you go. You don't need nothing else. Um, so he's also in this. Then we have beautiful Tanya Reynolds, who um, has been breaking through since sex education happened. She is the woman who writes fan fiction. I'm not going to give anything more away if you haven't seen Sex Education, but she writes fan fiction. Don't we all? You know what I mean? Um, and she's in this. And she, like, again, oh, and up. Up on the top. On the, on the, there she is, on the way. And then we have a, finally, we have another guy who completely surprised me. And I'm not stalling looking for the name right now. <laughs> Um, his name, his name is, I don't know, I can't find it. Oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. I have another person to talk about. Listen, this is, this is horrible. You can tell that I haven't, oh my God, you can tell that I haven't done podcasts in so long. Um, I know that one of the footmen, I don't know which one, there's two of them. There's a butler. Wait. There's two footmen, and one of them was also in Fleabag. Um, he was the he was the nephew of Fleabag, and he was the one asking, "Where's Claire? Where's Claire?" Oh my God, I can't find his name. Oh, fuck my life. I'm sorry. That's not the kind of talk that we indulge in this podcast. I am so sorry. It's a coachman, right? But that's not him. Listen, this is. Connor Dalton? Uh, I don't know, but he's been in a ton of stuff, this Connor. No, that's not him. Listen, I'm not going to... Oh, oh, my God, guys. I completely forgot that Mia Goth was in this. <laughs> um, Mia Goth is in this. Uh, if you don't know who Mia Goth is, then you haven't seen enough indie movies in your life. A Cure for Wellness. Suspiria. The Survivalist. Um, something else. Um, where do I know her from? I know her from Nymphomaniac Volume Two, Volume Two. Don't come for me. I like the Nymphomaniac movies. They're good stuff. I like them. She usually works with like, I think she really 
tries to go for a project with a great director and different directors to try and learn as much as possible. I think she's really clever uh, in choosing projects. And I think she's, um, she's gaining a lot of attention because of the project she chooses and she is, she transforms. Uh, she is so great in this movie as well. I'm sorry. I forgot about her, but to be fair, the character she plays, Harriet is not supposed to call your, like catch your attention. I'm sorry, I know that's really mean, but she plays it to perfection. Um, so don't worry about it. She did a great job. I'm just, you know, dumb. And then we have Mr. Martin, who I cannot find on the credits. Uh, but, you know, oh, here, Connor. Oh, my God. Connor, where have you been? Connor Swindles. Now, um, a friend of mine met him. He's the guy with the, I'm sorry, that's how I... That's what I exclaimed when I saw him on screen. The guy with the big dick from Sex Education. Um, he plays Adam Groff. You know him. He's the bully. I'm not going to say anything more. <laughs> I'm sure you know who I mean. Um, he, A friend of mine met him while we were in London. Apparently, he's really nice. And he was with um, the actress, with the, with the blonde actress. She has these teeth, these cute little teeth. Um, they're dating in real life. Or they were dating at the moment that my friend met them. So... He's really nice. They're both really nice. Great guy. Uh, he's in this. Completely surprised by him. I'm so excited. I don't know why. I just think of the people from Sex Education to be like, well, they are really young actors. And I know they organize like acting workshops in London once in a while. Um, so they are really, they are really new. But this is a very good role for him. I'm really excited. Another person who just got the ladder and was like, wait up for me, dudes. And is up and away. I'm sorry for all the rambling. I'm just, I'm sitting on a couch. I should have sat on the table. Oh my God, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Um, okay, so why don't we just go into the review? Because I've been talking about the cast for so long, but that's one of the main things that I loved about the movie. The cast kept surprising me. Maybe because I didn't read any kind of, you know, description of the movie. I didn't look at IMDb to see who was in it. But, you know. Why don't we jump into the spoilers? No, I mean, into the review. No, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. Ninguno. Um, and let's hear what I thought about the episode. I'm so excited. What do you think she thought? I don't know. <laughs> let's, let's hear about this. Okay. Uh, all right. Real review. What do you think? Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. So the first thing I realized, apart from the... I'm sorry, I burped. Do you hear that? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, um, the first thing I realized was that the cast was fucking amazing and that the wardrobes were great as well. Um, and they weren't afraid of color, which was great. I talked about that in Little, Little Woman and I compared it with like what real small or young girls would wear if we were that age in that time and if we had access to like old clothes from our mother and um or or we could just choose the fabrics in the store and in this case it's kind of similar obviously emma is so much higher in the social scale than the little woman woman wear and also before in time so there were certain rules that she had to follow certain colors she could wear certain colors she couldn't but in this movie they're really creative with it it reminded me a little bit of marie antoinette but a little bit muted a little bit more obviously 1800s and not 1400s I don't know if that was right. I just said it. Let's 
let's pretend it was gray. Wait, no, no, a little bit more, 1800s and a little less, 1600. Is that better? I don't know. Anyway, um, and I loved how the ink, the little, the little footmen wear, like, there's so many little smalls and little gigs and little laughs. Like, they don't take themselves too seriously. But I also realized that the act, the actors were so comfortable um, with a camera. Johnny Flynn didn't, also, what kind of name is that? The sexiest name ever, Johnny Flynn. Mm. At the beginning of the movie, I was like, I've seen many nightlies come my way. I've met a lot of nightlies. I've seen them in TV. No, I haven't seen them in TV, actually. I've seen them in movies. I've seen them in web series. Um, Emma Approved, by the way, if you want to see it on YouTube. Emma Approved is a web series based on the this book as well. And it's like a vlogger. And it's kind of like the same story, but it's from her perspective. Um, I've seen many um, nightlies come my way. So I, don't, I, didn't, I wasn't sure if he was going to win me over. But the point is, he doesn't have to win you over. He has to win somebody else over. <laughs> I, I, dodged, I dodged a bullet there um, but basically what you can tell from the first episode uh, my god where am I the first minute, the first scenes is that she has a certain life a certain luxury she is the pretty little girl who's taken care of and everybody takes care of her and nobody questions her that's one thing you see nobody says like, I think in the first scene, this is not a spoiler, she gets up and she goes, like, two people are with her and she's, like, she doesn't even cut her own flowers. She chooses them and then somebody else cuts them. Nobody is, like, what the fuck are you doing? That's ridiculous. Like, even at that time, people could cut their own flowers. I think I haven't done the research, but I assume that was fine. Um, and she is, like, I, I don't know. She's obviously, she does an amazing job, Anya. Um, she's exaggerating a little bit and she does it in a subtle way. Um, but everything is really exaggerated. Um, the way it's filmed and the music and the wardrobe and the um and the I don't know the design of the set and everything I don't know um and obviously you can immediately tell that she's spoiled which is true she's a spoiled girl that has goes her own way and does her own things so and nobody says anything against and she lives with with her father and the father doesn't have a also very strong character anyway so she makes the decisions. Um, at some point in the movie, this is not a spoiler, she says, I wouldn't know, like, I don't need to find my own home and, you know, marry. It's not a spoiler, I promise. I don't have to marry because I already rule my own house. I run my own house already. I don't need it. Um, and, I mean, even though the father should have a say, she's the only, she's the only woman. I mean, the daughter, because the mother passed away. So... Well, she has a sister, but the sister only comes to visit and she's married. So those the ma the mistress of the house is basically Emma. And that's why she needs to take care of the, everything. Um, and in the moment zero, you realize that she's literally like in Clueless, this spoiled little rich kid who's like, I want these daddy, I want that. Oh no, you shouldn't hang out with them. Oh, they're in the they're not as popular as me. I'm not gonna hang out with them, it's not worth it. Um, and this whole movie is based on the class system back in the day, but also we all recognize it. I think that's another thing that Autumn, the wild or the wild, I'm so sorry, tried to make more apparent, which was the class system separation from the clothes to the set design 
to the way they express themselves, to how many lines they had, to be fair. But, I mean, that's because we're following Emma's storyline. Um, to the way the other people talk about them, everything. Um, makes very clear that there's certain classes. And even though they do interact socially and she dreads every part of it where she needs to talk to people who are not up to her standards, she makes a few exceptions. But um, if you're not cool or if you're not rich or if your father doesn't have a fucking... Um, swimming pool she's not gonna talk to you at the party are you even invited to the party probably not so that kind of uh, energy hits your face but at the same time it's really subtle because it's a contrast of you're out there in nature there's I mean there's materialism in the sense of clothes and stuff but it doesn't throw it in your face or nobody says oh my god look at her dress although they talk about somebody's hair style so see it's even it's even more obvious that's the whole point of the novel in my opinion it's about the class and stuff classes i'll talk about it later i'm more in the spoiler zone but um this movie did a good job because it tried to make you like it tried to make parallelisms between back in the day the class system that was in place and you know nowadays what could be a very similar thing going on in high schools I don't know I'm sure it's because they do this I go to this clueless you know parallelism at the same time maybe I should just concentrate on that but I don't want to ruin the episode for anybody um funny enough it's really great because both movies were directed by a woman so Emma was <laughs> Emma 2020 was directed by Autumn the Wild or the Wild. The mystery still continues. And Clueless was directed by Amy Heckerling. So they're both great movies. Both <laughs> both iconic. Um the other thing that caught my eye was <laughs> I just wrote, I love when they add little birds in the background. I don't know. I thought the sound was pretty well done. Also, the music that they chose was really exaggerated. So there was like opera music, which sometimes in these in these movies they're scared to use. Because back in the day, or when the novel was written, it was everything about very subtle glances. It was about very, oh my God, like in the, the hand-holding scene, in, well, the hand-offering, I don't know, scene in Pride and Prejudice 2005, where he helps her get into a carriage and he's not wearing... Um, He's not wearing a glove, so the skin of both their hands touch. And that was like, oh my God, we just we just dry humped. <laughs> and um, that's the tea. Uh, we just dry humped. Um, that was the equivalent kind of basically. I'm kidding. But and in this movie, they're not very subtle. They are subtle about it. But there's some points in the movie where it kind of breaks through the subtle and it breaks through the conventions of its own very genre like the the period genre you know um because what everybody expects of this movie is everybody's really quiet they do a little glances whatever and um they're they yes they laugh but they smile they don't laugh or they don't yell or they nobody gets really hurt or i don't know people get sick but they don't are not really sick um, a woman have very weak constitutions and everything's normal. That's all Jane Austen. But in this movie, they break a little bit in certain scenes that are very important. And we'll talk about it in the spoiler zone. <laughs> uh, but I thought that was really interesting how they did that. Mm, 
my god, I need to drink water. I wrote Martin, so Mr. Martin is big dick. That's great. Um, I cannot keep talking about this. Um, I have to talk, I have to go into spoiler zone, guys, because I'm looking at my notes and there's, there's all of them are spoilers, obviously. But I mean, this novel is pretty fucking old. Like, really old. So, anyway, I'm gonna go into spoiler zone so I don't spoil anybody's day, I guess. And uh, we'll talk about everything naked out with the truth. Oh, the loves we have, you may. <laughs> you know that TikTok? The laughs we have, you and me. Laughs, jokes, huh? I do that with my boyfriend all the time. Like, I repeat that TikTok over and over again. It's not even funny anymore. Don't tell him. Uh, okay, so let's go into spoiler zone. Let's, let's talk about this thoroughly. And we're in the spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. Does anybody know, like, an artist who can just do this for free? <laughs> Do I have to go to Fiverr? Is there even Fiverr in Germany? I don't know, but I should sure. I sure need a little spoiler zone theme song. <laughs> Get in contact with me. Um, so, this movie, I mean, it's Emma, you know what I mean? But there are some twists. Like, oh my god. I don't understand why they have to make Mr. Knightley so, like, such a boy. <laughs> But at the same time, such a gentleman. When he gets home and he's like taking all his clothes and the music. And I was like, what is happening? What movie am I watching? I love it. I won't stop ever. I don't know. I just found... At first I was like, oh, I guess he's cute. I don't. I didn't find him that cute. But then he became so real. And he, start, he cared so much about her. And I know every Mr. Knightley cares. Um, but he did such an amazing job. Johnny Flynn, fuck you, dude. Great. Great job. Have you ever heard that compliment where they just say fuck you to you? That's how you know you've done it. Fuck you. Thank you. Um, he did an amazing job. And um, I mean, it doesn't matter what order I talk about things. This is a mess anyway. When he when he's going to propose. Oh my God. Listen, guys. When he's like proposing and then she's, her nose starts bleeding. I was like, I can't believe they went off, off script. Because I mean, I haven't read the book. I think I don't I don't remember this point but I don't think her nose started bleeding and I think it was great that they added it and she was like messy and they were both not knowing what to do in that situation it wasn't a perfect proposal like you've seen a thousand times which uh I loved I was at first I was like bitch I wanted a perfect proposal okay um but it was great it was so true it was so um pure somehow it was even better because she wasn't perfect like in every other scene. She didn't look perfect. Perfect. Her nose was bleeding. She didn't know what to do. She kind of ran away awkwardly. Um, she didn't know what to do with her feelings. She was blushing. It was gorgeous. So it was great that he could see her in a way like that. Um, and that she actually took care of things because I always felt that in every adaptation of Emma, Emma was kind of like, yeah, I'm with him now. And then Harriet was kind of like, I guess I go to Mr. Martin. I, I don't know. I heard he has a big dick. I'm sorry. I'm sure he, the actor has heard that joke so many times. But um, I loved how they kind of got together. And the female friendship portrayed in this is so fucking great. Um, they're, they, they're seen hugging, which you never, they never hug in period dramas. Have you guys noticed this? Like people don't hug. People don't kiss. Like 
to friends and family. I mean, I'm Spanish. I kiss everybody, even the delivery guy. Um, but I don't know. I just thought they were very tactile with each other, which I am with my friends and with the delivery guy, obviously. Um, but the way he portrayed, she portrayed female friendship. I don't know. I thought it was really natural. Um, I had the feeling all these young actors were really natural with each other and with the camera. And they're, I like I said, on their way up. Um... And I'm really glad that I saw this movie. This movie really made my day. But you know what fucking made my day? Miranda Hart. I heart her. <laughs> um, she did such an amazing job. The makeup on her. I don't even know if she had any makeup on. It looked like she didn't. But, you know, makeup artists do that. Um, she was the way of acting. The way of being so happy and excited about Jane Fairfax coming back. I mean, Miranda can do excitement. But that was beyond. Like, she didn't go full Miranda. She went full Mrs. Bates. Or Miss Bates. I'm sorry, she's not married. Miss Bates. And then, oh my God, when Emma says that. And then the woman kind of starts crying when she says, um, oh, that's, you can, oh, then I can rest at peace because I can say three boring things without trouble. And then Emma says kind of like, yeah, but honey or dearest or darling or something the problem is how are you going to be able to stop at three and i was like what what whoa dude what shade library open um that was horrible like and the acting of everybody involved you could feel the tension so well and mr knightley looked oh my god so disappointed kind of like bitch I've been, I mean, he hasn't been raising her, but like, I've been with you. I've seen you. I know how you are, but how can you do that? And then he comes to her and he's like, yeah, I don't know why I'm telling you this. Like, um, it's like you're watching the story in the movie with me. He comes to her and he's like, how could you do that to her? Because you know how much she, like, how much you mean to her. And she's like, oh, well, fucking sorry, bitch. It was a joke. And he's like, you know that she didn't understand it as a joke. You understood, like, nobody understood it as a joke. And she has a certain responsibility. I talked about class before. She has a certain responsibility to respect everybody. Because it's not only the fact that she's in a, like, better class than Miss Bates. Or that she's younger and she can still marry, which is what society standards or what women are supposed to be. Is that Miss Bates is not married. She doesn't have much money. They explain it in the film. She doesn't have much money, and if she lives, she lives longer. She's not gonna have any money, and it's just gonna go downhill. And people pity her, and she knows that. I don't know. It broke me. I started crying, bitch. <laughs> I was watching the movie, and I started crying. I wrote down. <clears throat> um, ba 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 ba. That's what I wrote down. I'm kidding. I wrote. Miranda has surprised me, and I'm crying with her now. Damn that poor woman. Um, it was bizarre. Whew, Miranda, I hope you get some kind of nomination for this. It was a great small role, but it made such an impact on me. I don't know. It just I wasn't expecting her in that role. Oh my god, I'm so blown. I mean, people are gonna watch the film and they're gonna be like, really? Review without a cause? It wasn't even that big of a deal. But for me, that I've seen her in the normal roles that she's done, it was something else. Um, Mia Goth is great in this. She, 
acts so childish, but she's supposed to, she's a child. She doesn't know how to behave. She feels so inadequate many times. And you can see her. And she's like, she's not supposed to be a pretty girl in the book and the way people treat her and talk to her. She's not supposed to be a pretty girl. I'm saying, I'm not saying Mia Goth is not attractive. I find everybody attractive, full disclosure. In this show, I talk about, oh, this is guy, this guy's so hot, that guy's so hot. Um, this girl is so beautiful. They're all hot for me. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't met a person who I haven't thought there's something there or I could see that or I think they're attractive. I don't know. There's something always there. There's always something, you know, unless you're a dick, a bad person, mean, you know, or Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Poor Nicolas Cage. I feel bad now. No, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure somebody finds him attractive. Not for me. Not for me though. Um, so uh, Mia Goth is also stunning, but she makes, she, the way she acted was so great. She didn't even, he barely had eyebrows on, by the way. Do you notice that? It's so realistic because they couldn't draw eyebrows on. Are you out of your mind? Um, so I thought the makeup, like I mentioned before, it was really great done. And I mean, Emma was great because, I mean, Anya, she did an amazing job. But she wasn't, for me, the moments with other people were better. Um, because Emma is supposed to be a role that's really headstrong and is really um, like set on things. And she sees the world in a certain way. And she had certain plans for Harriet. It was like, oh, she's going to marry Mr. Elton. Mr. Elton, by the way, just O'Connor. Fucking out of the park. Great. Love it. Mm, talented. Never-ending. Beautiful. <laughs> it's just because I like him. But um, Emma is supposed to be one-tone kind of performance. Because she has this, she has her ideals, she has her things, she understands the way her world works, but then she gets shooken out by all these things. Mr. Elton was not interested in Harriet, he was interested in her, even though for her, Mr. Elton was no way near her social, you know, social level, or she wasn't, she's not gonna marry a priest, obviously. He doesn't have any, um, you know, he doesn't have any land of his own, he doesn't have. He's not a gentleman, basically. Gentlemans are gentlemans. Gentlemen are, are men who didn't do much other than own land and, you know, go places. <laughs> so a priest is not a gentleman. And she was supposed, or her people were supposed to, her people, uh -oh, they were supposed to marry gentlemen. That's what she was like, oh, he's a priest and Harriet is my friend. So, yeah, they should do it. And then... Yeah, I'm so sorry. I thought my, my boyfriend was going to um, come into the door. I was like, ow, because it's gone. He went for cigarettes two days ago. <laughs> Kidding. Um, and anyway, she had plans in her head. Just like in the movie Clueless, Cher, yes, her name is Cher, is not Emma. Cher had plans like, oh, yeah, my friend is going to be together with that guy because that guy is not as cute or that guy is not as cool as me but you know he's pretty damn cool for my friend you always want the best for your friend you always do if not i don't know what's wrong with you um but i think that was one of the things there's certain events in the film that shook her up and make her fucking wake up but i don't really know i don't really think she understands at the end i don't know that's i she's supposed to anything jane austen wrote it in the way that she has learned you know, what's right and what's wrong and what she's supposed to do. 
and her position in this and despite all the class difference and everything that if you love someone you love them but at the end everybody kind of got together with the people from their own class group so I mean I guess Jane Austen knew that she couldn't do such she couldn't make such a breakthrough in the class system in England in the 1800s um and I mean it's a happy ending I'm sure the publisher would, would have loved that I don't know why I'm thinking about that marketing moment um, media manager moment um but anyway I think um she after insulting I mean she didn't insult Miss Bates but she was she did kind of she didn't but she did uh, in that moment back in those days that was a really kind of an insult because they were in front of people if they would have I don't know and then she couldn't apologize in front of people because she's also, like, I mean, I would have apologized, and I'm sure she could have, but she couldn't because she's too proud and she's too headstrong. And she couldn't admit that she had done something wrong, which takes her a while to admit because after she says to Mr. Knightley, I can't marry you, I've got a nosebleed, and I've got to help Harriet, she goes to Mr. Big Dick, I'm sorry, Mr. Martin, and he's like, hey, I fucked up. I came to your farm, which I didn't want to come in before. I'm standing here, and I have, what was it, a goose? A geese? I don't know what you say. A goose in this basket. Nothing fancy, just a goose. And that's for you. And I'm sorry. And please marry my friend. And bye. I think she added that. I don't think she did that in the film. Maybe she did. I don't know. Uh, in the book, I don't know. But in the adaptations I did, she didn't really 100% got her hands dirty that way. Um, I think kind of Mr. Knightley did it for her. I, I'm not sure. Hey, I haven't. Hey, yo. I haven't read the book. I haven't seen any adaptation in so long, but the way I see it in previous adaptations, she didn't get her hands dirty as much. And obviously the nosebleed didn't happen. And obviously um, he wasn't that exaggerated with the, for example, p piano playing with Mrs. Fairfax and how perfectly she painted, she played piano. Like this comical moments are kind of modern. I mean, they, she does play better than Emma by their standards, but like, I don't think it was that aggressive or the playing was that aggressive. I just think it's um that comical, modern things that she inserted in the film to make it more relatable and more more like a normal situation and more laughable as well. Um, that's one trend that I've noticed in this last year and the last two years that period dramas are trying to be more relatable. Um... And I could say it happened, it started with Pride and Prejudice 2005, but that was a one moment thing because the adaptations after that haven't been very, you know, relatable. They, they're all relatable because they're timeless stories. Everything, it all happens over and over again. People love each other, they don't. People think they love someone and they don't love them back. Everything, it's timeless. That's why Jane Austen has been readapted to many formats in um, the real world in the 90s in the 1800s in a web series on youtube on um fan fiction that's a great thing about jane austen because she told stories that happen to us every day and it's our bread and butter oh wow that expression is new for me i'm gonna keep it that happens to us every day and we can all relate to that but i think that people have realized that these period dramas that people are so like attracted to in a way or that we love so much in a way have to be more relatable for the younger audiences or have to have this more 
not better acting, this more interesting take on acting, which makes things more real. Just because the way the book was written was kind of like subtle and, you know, standoffish or a little cold, it doesn't mean that the people in the story were actually that cold to each other or that they didn't act, um, you know, affect, like with affection towards each other. Just like the friendship between Harriet and Emma. I know it's so dumb, but I've never seen Emma and Harriet hug or hold hands or walk together like the way they do in this adaptation. And I'm not saying it's because it's directed by a woman, <laughs> but I kind of am. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was a great point that I should actually investigate more why period dramas lately have been doing such a good job. Uh, but maybe it's period dramas directed by a woman and I think that they've captured what a timeless story is Jane Austen or Marisa May Alcott in the point of um Louisa May Alcott sorry in the point of um little woman is that they their timeless stories I don't know it happens to everybody obviously little woman is about um after the civil war uh, American Civil War so that's not that timeless but the relationship with people we can all relate to that and I think they that's where they attach the most emotion to. That's what makes you go crazy. It's not the fuck there's American Civil War because you cannot relate. Um, you cannot relate to your father going to war to fight for um, this, the, the South so that the, you know, slavery is abolished. Um, but you, you can relate to Meg being in love with her husband and wanting to have children. Or uh, Joe wanting to be independent but also wanting, wanting to be loved. Or um, Emma being, you know, wrong about one of her crushes that a friend had or your best friend that you kind of like for forever confesses to you and you feel awkward and uncomfortable. And it's a timeless story that happens over and over again every day. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you go. This is perfect for my male listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm not apologizing. This is my content. You came here, bitch. Whatever. <laughs> Well, I feel like I have two sides of my personality. But yeah. Anyway, that's what I think this Emma came closer to as well, just like Little Woman did in this year. I'm excited to hear what um, female directors come up with next in period dramas. Also, the lady, the, the portrait of a lady in fire. I haven't seen that, but that looks very good as well. Female director, period drama. I don't know if it's adapted in a book. Probably is. I'm so dumb. I'm sorry. Anyway, if you want to talk to me about the movie or in the long, long introduction that I made, you can contact me on Instagram. How about it? At Sarcastic Dimples. That's my personal account. Or you can try and write me in my professional Instagram, which is the at review without a podcast. I don't know why it's professional. I just put on a hat, a top hat when I look at it and when I go through it. Um... <laughs> and you can send me an email at reviewwithoutacost at gmail.com. You can sponsor me if you want. You don't have to at anchor.com slash reviewwithoutacost. And I'll be waiting. And hopefully I'll upload sooner than this. Let's see how long it takes for me to actually upload this. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, have a nice day if you're listening in the morning. And if not, you already had your day. You're done. Go to bed. Ew, why are you listening to the podcast in the evening. I'm more of a morning person listening. Anyway, uh, have a nice life. Um, ask your friend explicitly who they like because sometimes there's misunderstandings and WhatsApp and emojis are not pure communication. So please be clear about it so that, you know, 
if you've learned something about this podcast episode is that ask your friend who she really likes no emojis no um <laughs> this is ridiculous no gifts just plain normal whatsapp texting or facetime um stay safe don't go out as much wash your hands bye bye